0: had a client bring this scenario up this morning um, where she said her team was interviewing for a role and they felt that candidates were using AI to craft the resume. And so the resume looked really great and was like uh, matching all the keywords of the job description. And then when they would go through the interview process, they felt it was clear that perhaps AI was utilized to create this resume. because ultimately, you still have to be able to convey that you can um, have the experience and you can do the job and you have to do that live.
1: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Women Offshore podcast.
2: This is Ali Cedeno and Christine McMillan. We are both experienced seafarers and at Women Offshore, we are making waves. The Women Offshore
1: Foundation propels Women Plus into meaningful careers through access to a worldwide community and professional development resources, while raising awareness amongst industry leaders and decision makers about issues affecting women on the water. This podcast is an integral part of our mission,
2: and we appreciate you listening in. New episodes of the Women Offshore Podcast are available every Tuesday. Subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on, and be in the know about the latest topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the maritime and offshore industries.
1: Thanks for tuning in. We have another great episode for you today.
2: This episode of the Women Offshore Podcast is sponsored by Trackline Search Partners. Trackline is a woman-owned and operated maritime recruitment firm founded by Sheila LaFleur. She was a seagoing mariner just like you. Learn more about Trackline search partners at trackline.com.
1: It is amazing to me that my very first episode was so long ago. It's about five years ago. And Sheila LaFleur <laughs> joins me then. And she's back today. Hey, Hey. Sheila.
0: Hi, Ali. 150 episodes later. I'm excited. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yes. Yep. 150 episodes. It's been quite the roller coaster, and it's been so fun. And big shout out to Christine McMillan, who's now a host as well. I'm glad to not have to tackle 52 episodes a year by myself anymore. We have a lot more help. Things are a little different around here now, which is awesome. and. Things have changed for you too, Sheila. You have your business. And before we go into that, I want everyone to know who you are. So, in a nutshell, you are a graduate of California Maritime Academy. You have your captain's license. You sailed for seven years. And you have this passion for helping others find their career dreams and go out and tackle them and get to new heights in their careers like you help people really find what they want to do and go out and do it. And I love that about you. I love your passion for the industry and everything you do to make it better and, and help people really succeed. wanted to bring you on the show to talk about what's been going on, because things are so different now than they were even a few months ago in the industry. Yeah. And definitely different than the pandemic and, and last time we talked. So let's yeah. let's dive into it.
0: Do you want to say anything yeah. before we get started? Well, I just want to commend you. Um, Women Offshore has come such a very, very long way since that first podcast, which was, oh man, it was a lot of work getting through that. I, I don't even want to admit <laughs> on your, how many hours we <laughs> put into it. I know I. I kept making you record and re-record and re-record. Um, the first one was hard. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. So it was like ten
1: episodes. Like, <laughs> let's be real. It was like recording ten because a <laughs> there's a steep learning curve with podcasting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like really impressed that you've got it so dialed in now, and just how uh, Women Offshore has just grown leaps and bounds, and is doing so much good in the industry for women everywhere, and. Um, I'm excited that you keep having me around, Allie. So thanks. <laughs> well, we love you, Sheila. We really do.
1: And you're such a fun person to work with and to talk to. And I, I love running into you during events. And you're always welcome to come on this show. So thank you. Thank thanks. you. <laughs> I want to ask you to describe the job market in one word for me.
0: Okay. Well, I wanted to slightly edit this question. Oh, no. Okay. So to, <laughs> what I'd like to do is describe the maritime job market in one word. And so that word would be stable. Ooh. That's what I'm feeling right now.
1: I like the sound of I,
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Things are okay out there. Um, and the reason I say that is because if, you know we're looking at all the job market across all industries. There's a lot happening. Things are very dynamic right now. And some other industries, but I think we're doing okay uh, in the maritime and transportation industries. I mean, we're still having like a from a recruitment standpoint, we still have a lot of demand and job openings out there, and movement and opportunity. So I think we're we're holding stable.
1: Good, good. I like hearing that, especially as someone who graduated back in two thousand eight during the housing crisis and mm-hmm. just. All the stuff I've seen in my career, the highs, the lows, it is nice to hear someone that is stable. Beyond that, I mean, I, I tell new graduates that you have a lot of opportunities right now. Like a brand new third engineer can make 120000 thousand. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have no work experience other than their cadet shipping.
0: Like that's amazing. They'll have companies fighting over them as well. Yes, offering sign-on bonuses. Yeah, there's definitely demand out there for people with technical capabilities and engineering experience. There are so many needs in engineering right now. I mean, that's at least 50% of the stuff I'm working on. Um, So if anyone is looking to get into the industry and doesn't know whether to go deck or engine and they feel equally... um, satisfied with either route, I would recommend engineering because I don't see those needs uh, slowing down in the future. I see them just becoming more and more in demand. For sure. That's good advice. So what brought us to this stability? What
1: changed in the job market to make it stable?
0: Yeah. So, okay. In 2020, we were just, obviously, the world was shell-shocked with COVID. And um, and I just felt like it was the doldrums in terms of uh, recruitment. Companies were just shocked. They didn't want to bring more people on. They were just scared to know what, we do, what to do. Um, But people still had needs. We still had needs to get cargo and, you know, all sorts of of things that the maritime industry delivers. So uh, in 2021 and 2022, we're like the most craziest like slingshot response I've ever seen in in terms of recruitment, we went from like nothing to like the craziest two years I've ever seen. I've been recruiting for like 14 years. I started when the housing market fell back in 2009. So I've seen it do a lot of different things. But the last two years were crazy. I don't know all the dynamics of why all that happened. But some of it was coming out of the hardcore COVID era, and seeing where companies kind of landed with regard to like how they were going to keep their remote or hybrid policies in place, depending on what they decided to do there they became either really attractive companies or companies that people you know didn't want to be with because i mean bottom line people want the flexibility of having remote work or hybrid mo- work most people do so i saw a lot of movement into opportunities in companies that offered more flexibility and then when they those people left their current companies we had to backfill those roles and there and then there was like Companies were feeling the pinch with regard to their talent pool. So they started paying people more. For like 10 years before COVID, I I didn't see much wage movement within the maritime industry. Like it was very, very slight, like cost of living increase maybe. But during the 2021, 2022, we took like huge leaps and bounds um, in wage uh, growth and offerings that companies were um, giving to candidates in order to attract and retain their talent. So it's like we had this like tidal wave come back that created a lot of favorable conditions, I believe, for for job seekers and and workers in the industry. And now I feel like we're kind of flattening out, like we don't want to stay in that forever because it can become unsustainable. But I think things are stable and there's still like a lot of hiring needs. And I think we're doing okay Going back to like the industries and, and as a whole, the tech industry has experiencing a lot of layoffs. Um, and so I don't know if there's going to be like further fallout where that's going to start like affecting us. But right now I feel like we're okay. But I have seen some maritime technology companies uh, do some layoffs. So, you know, we're kind of getting some some effects on the fringe. But but yeah, 2023, I feel like we're evening out and hopefully we'll be running at a, a manageable pace for a while. Yeah, it's fascinating.
1: Now I moved into HR last year, uh, end of last year, and seeing the industry through a totally different lens, it gives me a lot of hope for people that they're going to want to come to this industry and really just make all that money, see the world, find those opportunities. There's so much that someone can gain from coming into the maritime industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, the last few years, there has been so much demand for mariners. We have like a mariner shortage. And that is just, I don't know why COVID created that dynamic. But for Perhaps it was like slowly building and then COVID just kind of like, um, you know, shocked the system. But yeah, there's so much demand out there for mariners. I mean, typically companies didn't have that much trouble recruiting their own talent uh, for seagoing roles, but like suddenly they need ex- external help. And that was not something I typically saw. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for mariners. And a lot of people are talking about the mariner shortage and that is like not going away. So So yeah, there's going to be opportunity out there.
1: Yeah, I won't say which
0: organization
1: it was, but I heard – that recently a very large organization that employs a lot of seafarers called up one of the state maritime academies and asked if they would graduate their cadets sooner because they were so desperate for talent.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's amazing. And I know what I'm finding is like, there's this wage increase as well on the um, Mariner side, where now it's like companies just keep paying more. And a lot of them are like oil and gas companies poaching from the maritime you know, industry, and so we're. It's basically uh, whoever's paying the least is kind of getting left out, and come and people seem to be moving for that money. And then you throw the space industry
1: into the mix.
0: Yeah. Now
1: they have vessels, yeah, and they're the ones offering stock options mm-hmm. and sign-on bonuses and different types of benefits that our industry doesn't see too often or doesn't know at all, such as like paid time off. And, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of bizarre because if you work half the year anyway, like, why do you need that time off? But they're throwing these things into the mix and they're really enticing people and pulling them away from our traditional industries. Yeah. And so it's just super competitive to your point.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really exciting for people too. And not only the like compensation and the stock options, but also just the opportunity to be a part of something that's just new and like you know, something we've never done before. And I've recruited in that industry and people are driven by the opportunity to like be a part of that. And they're just like, I'm bored doing what I'm doing, you know, offshore. And like, I don't, you know, I, I'd love the opportunity to be a part of that mission and that work. So it's like the interest level is also like the interesting work is driving, driving people over there as well. So absolutely. It's fulfilling Mm
1: -hmm. for a lot of people, I think, to be a part of that mission, would you say that most of what you do and really what we're talking about here applies to the US or also
0: globally? Yeah, you know, I'm really more plugged into the US market. I don't have my finger on the pulse as much to like the uh, international markets. Well, it's good to say Yeah, for
1: those listening. So much changed during the job application process because of the pandemic, you know, with things moving online, such as video interviews. They became just how we do things. And I've seen companies continue with those aspects of the job application process because it's easier. It's a way to automate some things. And what do you see staying from the pandemic and what has gone back to how it was done before the pandemic?
0: Yeah. um, I mean, video interviews are gold. Like, I didn't really have a lot of video interviews happening pre-pandemic that I can remember And now it's just like the gold standard. I mean, that is just normally how we're going to do the first interview. And I think it helps people move through the interview process faster as well, because it's just so much easier to facilitate an hour of someone's time versus, you know, needing to be in person or needing to be in the office or what have you. It's just like... A lot of times people can get frustrated with how long the interview process can take to go through, depending on the job and the company. But facilitating video interviews is just so easy. I think we've been utilizing that for like first interviews, second interviews. Um, I've even had companies just do a totally virtual interview process, even when the job was hybrid or in person. And so what I've learned is like, we kind of have to pump the brakes on that a little bit. And like, it's important to still meet in person, you know, so always trying to make sure if it's possible to get that in person contact and interaction and just make sure it's a good snug fit for both sides. And especially if they're going to be going into the office. I mean, I, I always think it's really important for someone to come see you know, the new environment and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, everything is so digital, but it's like we also can't lose that personal connection and that just the importance of meeting in person. I don't think we need to lose that. But but I will say phone interviews were, like, very popular pre-COVID, and I think phone interviews are totally dead. Like, I mean, we're never going back to phone <laughs> Sometimes it happens when, like, we're, they're on a video interview and then the connection, you know, falls off or something happens with the technology, we revert to phone. But I think that's kind of like becoming a dinosaur to, yeah. like, have a phone yeah. interview. And I've heard of more of those like virtual video interviews too, where you're not even like right. interviewing with a live person, but they give you a question and then they video you and you have to like respond and somebody watches it at a later point and then determines if you're gonna move on. I think that's a little stressful, but it's just kind of the way of way of the future. It's nice on the HR side because then you can send it
1: to your hiring manager in addition oh, yeah. to the recruiter, and you're not wasting like the applicant's time in my mind. Yeah. Like you know, when you have someone who's really good and you need buy-in from whoever else in the organization to hire them, you just send the recorded video along.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think it can be a great tool. Like I've the candidate side of it, they're always coming away like that was a little weird. I'm like, I <laughs> think it'll be okay. Yeah, but but everything's becoming more automated and you know more efficiencies and stuff. So it's just something we got to get used to,
1: for and sure. First so we're talking about technology. So that's a good segue into what I want to ask you next. Let's talk about AI, chat GPT, some exciting yeah. things that are happening right now. I've been exploring chat GP and trying to learn what I can in my free time, which I don't have much of, but who does? And I'm so fascinated with where this is going and how it's going to change things, especially from the HR side. What are you seeing? How is AI affecting the application process? Maybe I imagine it's easier than ever to write a cover letter and put together a resume. But do people really have an advantage with using AI for that?
0: Yeah, that is such an interesting question. And to be honest, I'm not even sure like you know, I'm qualified to answer this question because I'm just barely scratching the surface of of AI and what it can do. And, um, but it was so interesting because I I had a client bring this scenario up this morning, um, where she said her team was interviewing for a role. And they felt that candidates were using AI to craft the resume. And so the resume looked really great and was like, Uh, matching all the keywords of the job description. And then when they would go through the interview process, they felt it was clear that perhaps AI was utilized to create this resume because ultimately you still have to be able to convey that you can, um, you have the experience and you can do the job and you have to do that live. And so, um, so we just kind of got into this interesting conversation about you know, how AI may actually help people get through that first barrier, which is um, getting your resume in the yes pile. So so potentially, yeah, it could help. Of course, you want to make sure that whatever AI is producing is accurate in terms of your skills and experience. If your resume kind of gets through and you get the interview, you still need to be able to demonstrate and articulate like your own unique skills and capabilities um, throughout the live video process. So maybe there's going to be more of an emphasis on how you come across, you know, in person and how you're able to, to share your knowledge and properly convey that, you know, whatever AI produced is is in fact your experience. So yeah. I think, I don't know, I mean, I'm still, I, ha- I haven't personally come across anything that I've been made aware of that was AI produced, but maybe it was just so good that I didn't pick up on it as well.
1: Exactly, right? Like, I was talking to a friend yesterday who was saying that – and another friend last week at how good AI, specifically ChatGPT, is at picking up on people's style. Yes. Like one of my friends was able to create a whole podcast episode with clips of a host's voice and her newsletter. Oh, my goodness. And it sounded just like her. And my friend played it for – The host and the host is like that's my voice Mm
0: -hmm. but it
1: she never recorded those words yeah and so the style is something that is a little scary on how well it can be yeah imitated now i think you bring up a really good point and that is it might get you in the door but can you pass the next steps especially if there's some sort of assessment after the first interview, then that could be especially challenging if you're using AI and you're really relying on that
0: and you can't
1: pass that assessment or you struggle with that assessment.
0: And actually, I think it's a great way to do some interview prep if you are going into an interview. So Ooh. I put in the I put in the question box. I said, I'm interviewing for a port engineer role. What kinds of questions can I anticipate in the interview? And it came up with 10 really spot-on questions. That, I'd love that. I, yeah, I think people can use this AI as a um, as a tool to help them get into that in person interview and be prepared and shine and um, be able to articulate their experience. So I think it's awesome. Yeah, something we're going to have to embrace. And um, and I think people who can use it are going to maybe have an advantage. And I think it will be used in the workplace as well to create efficiencies. And we're we're probably going to be using this a lot. So yeah, Yeah, I think we will too. We better start working on our prompts then.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Sheila,
0: for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I'll see you at episode uh, 300, maybe. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Thank you.
2: Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast come back next Tuesday for another new episode.
0: If
1: you want to propel Women Offshore forward, visit womenoffshore.shop. Make a donation or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there and we will talk to you soon.